whether we want to accept it or not when a nigger is on top during missionary the nigger is gonna be twerking 99.9% of the time like y'all have questions but the only one that i really care about right now is now in as much as that does kind of prove that niggas can twerk ladies do not try and make us twerk in real life like during any other situation than that we're pretty pathetic at that shit as well not unless if this is a guy that has actually tried to do it or is good in dancing or some shit otherwise i don't know what the hell it is that you know you want us to do with our booties considering that most of us barely even have anything but anyways it is about that time so Welcome to Break Time on West Side, your number one break time podcast coming to you from Nairobi, Kenya. The man on the mic is a man who just turned 24 on Wednesday, so niggas feeling a little bit old here. He is a man who still has not found the A spot, but you know the G spot has been close by. It is none other than your tall, dark and mildly handsome man, Sir Denver B. The show is Tweet Street. The show where we take a nice deep dive into Twitter, pull up a couple of tweets, discuss them here and there, and you know, break it down the way you know life should probably be looking at things. Now you know what to do when it comes to Tweet Street. You go, you find that tweet that you think is a little bit interesting that we need to talk about. You send it to us, or at least you send it to Break Time on West Side on IG at Break Time on West Side, or even send it to my Twitter handle at Bagaka the D. The B and the D are capital, cause you know the big things are usually that big. And uh, you know, you you just send the tweet to us, send us the link, send us a screenshot. We'll go and we will handle that tweet accordingly. Now, before I get into the tweets for this week, I do need to mention this as an announcement. Next week will be the end of season four of Battle of the Sexes and the end of season two of Tweet Street. So, as usual, we will go on a few weeks break, usually about four to six weeks, but just like. We usually do every single time it won't just be a regular break we'll be doing the minisodes and you know i've already started lining up a bunch of guests here and there and rumor has it that i might be a little bit more inclusive this time so y'all stay tuned for that and i figured y'all should know just so that you know someone doesn't expect to get their regular podcast episode on tuesday and friday uh but that being said we might as well go into the tweets now, as I am preparing to go into the first one, there's this thing that I saw online where someone was talking about how sexy niggas be scared to approach a girl, but these ugly guys usually just have a thing where they just go in. It's like they have no shame at all. Like they feel nothing. Like they're gonna go all the way in. And I kind of did think about it. And you know, like this is a shorty who was who was mentioning this. And well, truth be told, this isn't actually a very hard thing to think about. It's actually quite easy. Just because someone's attractive doesn't mean that they'll necessarily get the girl. Because I think attractive people take rejection a lot harder than than less conventionally attractive people. Let me say it that way so that I can sound, you know, like I'm not insulting anyone for a second. And the thing is, it's it's not like they can't handle rejection or they don't feel the hurt when when you reject them it's just that for some of them they're probably used to it because if an ugly nigger is being rejected right now in his 20s he's probably been rejected at least a thousand other times when he was in his teens when you look at an attractive person they're used to getting shit their way so when it comes time for them to shoot their shot 
and there's a possibility that they will be rejected it's gonna be a little bit harder now it's not because the guys or the person that wants to approach you already knows they're going to be rejected it's not like they've never been rejected before it's just that it's harder for them to handle because attractive people get a lot of things in their favor and you know the idea that i could be rejected doesn't usually sound good to them because well like you all remember i did the episode where i talked about pretty privilege if you're looking for the episode it's called if you're pretty then you're pretty privileged it's it it goes in depth into why it is that attractive people don't get as much and don't go as far and it's mainly just because since you're attractive and you've gotten a lot of things your way when things don't go your way it's it's harder for you to take it but when someone who isn't attractive is going for it and they get that chance they'll be a little bit more appreciative but they're kind of used to being rejected so it'll be easier for them to take on but yeah i just figured i should mention that because there's some of y'all that have been complaining that ugly niggas have been sliding into their dms and well it's just because the attractive ones either taken gay or they're just too chicken shit to do something about it anyways i might as well get on to the tweets so first tweet study shows that the higher number of followers a male on kenyan twitter has the higher the chances of getting laid the opposite however is true for a female kenyan on twitter meaning the lesser the number of followers the higher the chances of being pursued uh well there is some level of logic to this like i can understand it from my perspective because it's probably something that i would do because look at it like this when you look at someone who has a lot of followers on social media be it twitter be it instagram because those are the two main apps that most guys my age use you find that there's a pretty high probability that there's a fuck ton of guys that have pretty much shot their shot that they've been shooting shots there since i don't know they they had good followerships and shit and the thing is when you see someone who's at that level who's been dealing with a lot of people trying to hit on them they reject a lot more people that way it just makes it harder for you to approach them or at least it makes it harder for your shot to actually hit and for you to get a chance so you'd rather go for someone that doesn't have as much of a following because it's like they don't have that many people trying to slide into their dms so if you go there they'll be a little bit more appreciative they won't reject you as quickly they won't blue tick you hell they won't even forget that you exist or forget that you send a message for two three weeks or months or years and you know you have a much better chance when you look at the niggas on twitter who have a pretty good following it means that they're popular it means that they're famous for something and with popularity and fame that's the sort of screwed up way of thinking that because someone is at that level that they have some level of influence and thus some level of resourcefulness men are normally considered more attractive or better suitors in general if they are more resourceful so that way it just makes it easier for them to get girls because it's like i have all of this i've managed to amass this much and it clearly shows that i'm resourceful enough to do at least a few things so it makes it a little bit you know easier for you to have shorty sliding into your dms as a guy if you have a huge followership but with ladies if 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 you have a huge followership yes people will slide into your dms but probably not as much as someone with lesser followers just because you know when you have lesser followers as a shorty for guys it looks like you have a chance if i can say it that way 
But anyways, that being said, on to the next tweet. What if condoms were sold and pads given out for free? Seeing as sex is a choice and menstruation isn't, wouldn't be the worst idea, would it? Okay, okay. I think we need to deal with this question and sort of just try and finish it here and now. We do not need to have this discussion because it is a pointless discussion. But I'm going to have it because clearly some people like to have this discussion all the time. Oh, you know, condoms are for free, but pads are usually at a cost. Yet, you know, sex is a choice and menstruation isn't. Like this is this is the bullshit that I see a lot of people talk about day in, day out. And yes, I get it. Menstruation is a natural thing. It's something that happens to women and it's not a choice. But, you know, sex is mostly a choice, you know, not unless if you're told to do it at gunpoint or some shit. And the thing is, a lot of people have sort of had this back and forth thing with the condoms and the pads. But I usually just find that they're mutually exclusive and they don't exactly, you know, come together in any way. So in a sense, it's like an apples to oranges comparison. Because yes, condoms, sex, they seem like an optional thing. But the reason why why condoms are actually being given out for free, why they were given out for free back from like, I think the 70s or the 80s, was to curb STDs and more specifically HIV AIDS. Like that was the whole uh, reason that condoms became free. Honestly speaking, I'm not the biggest fan of condoms, but they're necessary. They're the necessary thing so that most of us don't become baby daddies. They are a necessary thing, even though, you know, that's a female condom that no one ever wants to talk about. But the fact that it's free, yes, it's a perk, but it doesn't mean that sanitary pads should be free and then we start paying more for condoms hell condoms also do come at a cost and there are some shorties like i said in the first episode of the fan favorite section that clearly do not ever want to be fucked with a free condom they're like oh you know free condoms are like the low quality shit i want something that is proper like a durex or some shit there's babes that are actually as picky as that so it becomes this very weird scenario where you're at where it's like even though you have a free condom you still have to go and buy one but yes i do understand yes pads should probably be free because the cost of sanitary pads is high in a lot of places and there's a lot of women there's a lot of girls there's a lot of young children that don't have access to it and they end up missing on school they end up going through a lot of difficulties and have circumstances that work against them which you know deter them from things like education and just living a fuller healthier life but saying that you know we make it free at the expense of condoms is probably the worst way to approach the argument just because one thing is free and another one is paid doesn't mean that you need to switch roles if instead you just made the both of them on an equally good level, it would work out for the majority of us. It's like saying that women have been earning less. It's it's not a current thing right now, but let's say, for example, women have been earning less than men. Now, you take that and you're like, you know what? How about because women usually do a lot of housework and men are the ones that can supposedly go to bars. Let's say that, you know what? men should be paid very little money and women should be paid a lot more and as much as it looks like it's a pretty good thing well women are still gonna be expecting us to handle the bill during the date women are still gonna expect us to handle the responsibilities in the house in the name of bills and making sure that there's bread and that there's food on the table 
like it's it's this big thing why people will start complaining about a lot of things instead of saying you know what how about we have equal pay like that's where the argument ended up at because if you start saying that someone should be paid more than the other then you're automatically choosing sides and you're comparing them and the thing is some things you're just not supposed to compare they might look similar but that doesn't make them comparable you know so honestly like i think this is probably the dumbest argument that our generation has been having and has been trying to push just ask for sanitary pads to be free ask them to have a more subsidized cost find a way to make them have a lower cost of production then you know try and find a way to ask for them to be free don't 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 bring condoms into this condoms weren't involved when y'all were menstruating anyways on to the next tweet boys be like i've never seen my boy like this with a girl before meanwhile they know he's a seasoned cheater um well i don't know how to answer this all right right let me try and break it down in a way that that the shorties could probably understand now here's the thing even though he's a seasoned cheater he probably cheats differently with each and every one of you and i'm not just talking physical emotional sometimes he might be treating you a different kind of way other times he isn't because the thing with guys is we usually tend to treat certain girls differently obviously if we like a girl a certain way we'll treat them accordingly but it's not like we'll treat every girl that we supposedly like in the same exact way it's sort of the same way you can't like someone and like another person the same exact way there's like levels to this shit so i kid you not most guys will never say this whole i've never seen my boy like this with a girl before unless it's actually a difference he could be cheating on you but he could be properly committed nigga might probably have properly deep feelings is still cheating on you but you know he's he's just treating you different so yes he could be a seasoned cheater but he is actually treating you like he actually does care now the thing is if if you're being treated the same exact way as every other babe that he usually ends up cheating on and it's like a proper cycle kind of thing that he usually does where he behaves a certain way the niggas will never tell you that i'm not even gonna lie to you the niggas will never tell you that shit because i don't think there's enough guys that'll have homies that'll do that much for them because by the time you've already been roped in and you're dating this guy or you're having a thing with this guy not unless if you're having suspicions that he's a cheater the boys won't do that and even though the boys hear the suspicion that you have of him being a cheater the most that they'll probably do is just say that the nigga doesn't cheat or he hasn't cheated on you so i don't know like this thing where people usually think oh you know we all feed the same exact light to the same exact girl trust me most of us don't we barely have the time to do that most of the time we're usually just trying to make sure that the nigga's getting some because if he gets some and my homie gets some and i get some you know the whole team winning now i'm saying so at the end of it if we all manage to get some and the both of y'all are still together then it's all good if he's cheating on you we probably won't talk about it we won't tell you shit but probably the easiest indicator that he's probably cheating on you like properly properly cheating on you one of us niggas will probably try and make a move but for the most part niggas won't do shit and and we don't have the energy to start feeding you the whole lie of 
I've never seen my boy like this with a girl before unless it's actually true. So trust me, take my word for it. Like most of us don't do that shit. If it's actually a thing that he's never been like that with any other girl before, we will tell you. If we feel like you should know. But if it's not really the truth, then we don't even see why we'd bother because we're pretty much just trying to throw spice on an already spicy food. If if you're catching my drip, like that's just how we look at it as guys. We never really have to think about, you know, trying to sugarcoat the whole thing. We'll make our boy look good, but we won't make him look this good. And that's especially if he's a cheater. If you're being treated differently, you're being treated differently. If not, then sorry. Anyways, on to the final tweet. I'm sorry, I just don't believe a nigga gotta constantly give his female assurance. She either trusts you or she don't, plain and simple. Reassurance is nothing but wasted time and effort if she ultimately doesn't trust you. Alright, now here's the thing. Okay, maybe the singular times, the small, small points here and there where someone's feeling down. Yes, give some reassurance. There's nothing wrong with that. But if your guy is giving you constant reassurance, I usually see one of like three, four problems. Because one, the babe doesn't trust the guy. Two, one of the both of y'all is insecure. Three, this nigga is incredibly clingy. Or four, someone has self-esteem issues over there. And the thing is, much as those points kind of overlap, I do just have to explain that when it comes to the whole idea of reassurance, it's sort of like reinforcing it. You don't have to reinforce everything all the time. If something's good, something's good. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So if your relationship is good, there is no real need for any constant reassurance, which is why I sort of just chalked it down to those four bits. Now, if the babe doesn't trust you as a nigger, then that's probably one of those two situations where I'll be like, if she doesn't trust you, find out why. And if the trust isn't really there, then why are you really in that relationship? Because relationships are built on trust and communication besides just the love and the lovey-dovey shit and the PDA. So if it's not there, then why are you in the relationship? If one of the both of y'all is insecure, y'all need to sit down and discuss that shit. If the nigga is too clingy, then clearly that man's has had some issues that might need to be looked at by a psychologist or probably he needs to work on some shit. Same thing with self-esteem. So honestly, I find the idea of constant reassurance to be a little bit overrated. And the thing is, you know, you're going to post up such shit on Twitter or Instagram and people are going to be like, oh my goodness, I wish my future boyfriend can do this. Oh my goodness, you have such a good man. Like women will always post up this shit as if it's actually a really good thing. And the thing is, it probably isn't. It might look sweet, but it probably isn't. The idea of constant reassurance is not sweet in any way, shape or form. It just means that people are definitely questioning themselves in a situation where you're not supposed to be questioning yourselves to the extent of constant reassurance. But anyways, that has been it for this episode of Tweet Street. I want to know your thoughts, comments, feedback. And also, if you have any ideas, any tweets that you'd want us to look at, you can send them to the DMs on Instagram at Breaktime on Westside is the handle. On Facebook as well, it is at Breaktime on Westside. And on Twitter, if you want to slide into my personal DMs, it is at Bagaka the D. The B and the D are capital. I will catch you guys on the next break. Take care.